0: Hello and welcome to Rabies Reads. The extract I'm planning to read today is from a book called Murder Most Unladylike, the first book in Robin Stevens' hugely successful Wells and Wong Detective Society series. I'm a massive fan of classic detective stories by Agatha Christie, Dorothy L. Sayers and other writers of the golden age of detective fiction. So I love the fact that the books are set in the 1930s and that the plucky heroes are boarding school students who use expressions such as, gosh, what a filthy liar she is. Although the story is set in an exclusive school, I'm pleased to say that the series is very inclusive. There are characters from different cultural backgrounds and with a range of sexualities. The story follows Daisy Wells and Hazel Wong as they try to discover what happened to their science teacher, Miss Bell. Someone at their school has a reason to do away with Miss Bell, but with no evidence of wrongdoing, even the body disappears, how will our intrepid viewer prove that there is murder afoot? Robin Stevens has a fantastic website, which is wwwrobin stevens.co.uk with lots of Wells and Wong related fun, including a page of activity ideas, I really enjoyed the page of author facts, including the useful information that Robin is a woman, despite receiving letters addressed to Mr. Stevens and despite just having a baby. She really did go to a posh boarding school, like Daisy in Hazel, though she never detected a murder, which she says was a bit of a disappointment. Robin Stevens' titles are available in the Wickley Fount Learning Resource Centre, in your local public library and all good bookshops. Um, if you fancy getting hold of one, uh, you can drop into the Learning Resource Centre or email me. So here we go with this week's good read. I'm afraid I can't do an upper class accent being a good Yorkshire lass, so you'll just have to imagine. Murder Most Unladylike by Robin Stevens. This is the first murder that the Wells and Wong Detective Society has ever investigated. So it's a good thing that Daisy bought me a new case book. I suppose I ought to give some explanation of ourselves in honour of the new case book. Daisy Wells is the president of the Detective Society, and I, Hazel Wong, am its secretary. Daisy says that this makes her Sherlock Holmes and me, Watson. This is probably fair. After all, I am much too short to be the heroine of this story, and who ever heard of a Chinese Sherlock Holmes? That's why it's so funny that it was me who found Miss Bell's dead body. In fact, I think Daisy's still upset about it, though of course she pretends not to be. You see, Daisy is a heroine-like person, and so it should be her that these things happen to. Look at Daisy, and you think you know exactly the sort of person she is. One of those dainty, absolutely English girls with blue eyes and golden hair. The kind who'll gallop across muddy fields in the rain, clutching hockey sticks, and then sit down and eat ten ice buns at tea. I, on the other hand, bulge all over like the Michelin Man. My cheeks are moony round, and my hair and eyes are stubbornly dark brown. I arrived from Hong Kong, part way through second form, and even then, when we were all still shrimps, shrimps for this new casebook is what we call the little lower form girls, Daisy was already famous throughout Deep Dean School. She rode horses, was part of the lacrosse team, and was a member of the drama society. The big girls took notice of her, and by May, the entire school knew that the head girl herself had called Daisy a good sport. But that is only the outside of Daisy, the jolly good show parts that everyone sees. The inside of her is not jolly good show at all. Took me quite a while to discover that. I say that it was me who found the body of Miss Bell, and it was, but I never would have been there at all if it hadn't been for those crime novels of Daisy's. Matron's fondness for confiscation meant that it was no good trying to read them up at house, so Daisy took to hanging round down at school in the evenings. She joined the Literature Society, slipped a copy of Whose Body between the pages of Paradise Lost, and sat there peacefully reading while the others talked. I joined too and sat at the back of the room, writing up my Detective Society case note. Everyone thought I was writing poetry. It was after Litsock on Monday, the 29th of October, that it happened. After-school societies end at 5.20, but afterwards Daisy and I hung back in the empty form room so that she could finish the man in the queue. Daisy was absorbed, but I was jumpy with worry that we might be late for dinner up at house and thus incur the awful wrath of matron. I looked about for my pullover and then remembered with annoyance where I'd left it. Bother, I said. Daisy, my pullover's in the gym. Wait for me, I'll just be a minute. Daisy, nosing her book as usual, shrugged vaguely to show she'd heard and continued reading. I looked at my wristwatch again and saw that it was 5.40. If I ran, I'd have just enough time as getting up to house from Old Wing entrance takes seven minutes and dinner is at six o'clock exactly. I pelted along the empty, chalk-smelling corridor of Old Wing and then turned right down the high, black-and-white-tiled library corridor, my feet echoing in the hush and my chest heaving. Even after a year at Deep Dean, when I run, I still huff and puff in a way that rude Miss Hopkins calls determinedly unladylike. I passed the mistress's common room, the library, Mr. McLean's study, the one's cubby, and the hall, and then turned right again onto the corridor that leads to the gym. There's a school legend that the gym is haunted by the ghost of Verity Abraham. When I first heard it, I was younger and I believed it. I imagined Verity all bloody with her long hair hanging down in front of her face, wearing her pinafore and tie and holding a lacrosse stick. Even now that I'm older, and not a shrimp anymore. Just knowing that I'm on my way to the gym gives me the shivers. It does not help that the gym corridor is awful. It's packed full of dusty, broken bits of old school furniture that stand up like people in the gloom. That evening, all the lights were off and everything was smudged in murky shades of grey and brown. I ran very fast down the corridor, pushed open the door to the gym and glumped in, wheezing. And there, on the floor, was Miss Bell. Our gym, in case you've not seen it for yourself, is very large, with bars and beams all folded up against the walls and wide glass windows. There's a terrifyingly high up viewing balcony on the side nearest the main door. And a little room under that for us to change and leave kit in, which we call the cupboard. Miss Bell was lying beneath the balcony, quite still, with her arm thrown back behind her head and her legs folded under her. In my first moment of shock, it did not occur to me that she was dead. I thought I was about to get an awful ticking off for being somewhere I oughtn't, and nearly ran away again before she caught sight of me. But then I wondered, what was Miss Bell doing, lying there like that? I ran forward and knelt down beside her. I hesitated before touching her, because I had never touched schoolteacher before, but in the event, it only felt like touching a human being. I patted the shoulder of her white lab coat, hoping most awfully that she would open her eyes and sit up and scold me for being in the gym after hours. But instead, my patting made Miss Bell's head loll away from me. Her glasses slid down off her nose, and I saw what I had thought was only a shadow behind her head, was actually a dark stain, the size of my handkerchief. Some of the stain had spread to the collar of her lab coat, and that part of it was red. I put out my finger and touched the stain, and my finger came away, covered in blood. I scrambled backwards, scrubbing my hand against my skirt in horror. It left a long, dark smear, and I looked at that, and then at Miss Bell, who had still not moved and felt sick as anything. I had never seen a dead body up close before, but I was quite certain now that Miss Bell was dead. What I ought to do in the circumstances was scream, I thought, but everything was so dark and quiet around me that I couldn't. What I truly wanted to do was tear off my skirt just to get the blood away from me, but my deep, dean training rose up inside me, making the thought of running about the school half-naked, somehow far worse than being alone with a corpse. As I thought this, I realized that miss bell really was dead and i was alone with her body i suddenly remembered the ghost of verity abraham and thought that perhaps it was her who had killed miss bell pushing her off from exactly the same spot she had jumped from a year ago and now she might be waiting to do the same to me it was silly and childish but all the hairs prickled up on the back of my neck and deep in training or no i jumped to my feet and ran out of the gym as fast as i could as if Miss Bell was going to leap up and run after me.